Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from the book of John, chapter 12, just two verses. These are Jesus' words. They're in red. <laughs> and this is Jesus trying to communicate to his first students and to us the meaning of his death and resurrection. This is him on the way to the cross. And he tries to always give them illustrations so they can actually understand what he was doing. And this is one of the final illustrations that he gives them about what's, what's about to happen through his death and resurrection. He says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil, let's get some light in the house. I need to see my beautiful people up in the balcony. <laughs> Shout out to the balcony. <laughs> That's better. Y'all got your best Easter outfit on. <laughs> Somebody single, not far from you. We believe Jesus arranges people together in this place. I want to prophesy marriages in this place. <laughs> so you mean I get Jesus in a minute? Let's get Jesus first, then we can talk about the other one later. Um, let me try this again. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But his death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Can you say amen? Amen. So Jesus always trying to find ways to illustrate his teachings. And he tries to find things that people can relate to. And if you go back 2,000 years ago in Israel, and it still is prevalent today, I looked it up, that farming is a, is a major part of their lives. Okay? And so back in those days, they lived in a cycle of sowing, waiting, and reaping. And that's kind of like how they, their clockwork was in life. You know, they didn't have time like we have today. So they, they depended a lot on the seasons to tell them what's, what's happening. They knew there was a time to sow. They knew there was a time to wait. And then they knew there was a time to reap. Are you tracking so far? And so this is something that would make sense to them. He's trying to help them understand this is something powerful, deep is going to happen in a few days. And I'm trying to illustrate it so you can understand exactly what my, the meaning of my death and resurrection is. And it's not by chance that he uses wheat to illustrate his point. My friends, wheat, I don't know if you know this, but today wheat is the most widely cultivated cereal crop in the world. So Jesus was trying to tell us something here with this illustration, right? Most likely today, you are going to eat something that has wheat in it. You have to try very hard to escape wheat. Can I prove it to you? Look at this, right? Wheat is typically milled into flour, which then is used to make a wide range of foods, including bread, Crumpets, muffins, noodles, 
pasta, biscuits, cakes, pastries, cereal bars, sweet and savory snack foods, crackers, crisp breads, sauces, and confectionery like licorice. Did I get everybody? Oh, and there's more. Hamburger buns and Twinkies. Most likely today you will taste wheat and not even know it. My God, that will preach. Every type of food has some type of wheat in it. My friends, do you understand the illustration he's given us here? That his death and resurrection was going to have this universal effect that you might even have tasted death and resurrection today and didn't even realize it. It's all around you. You can't escape it. Right? The, inspe- the, the, the impact of his resurrection has been felt for over 2,000 years. One little kernel of wheat we went to the ground now has become a field of harvest of people. And today, as we gather here in New Bedford, Massachusetts, there are gatherings all over the world where billions upon billions of people are receiving the same death and resurrection of Jesus in this place. That, my friends, is fascinating. I remember when I was in college, I had to do an internship, so I moved for three months to a place called Hagerstown, Maryland. And I had to drive eight hours to get there. And I remember getting close to the place, and on both sides of the highway were these massive fields of wheat. And I thought to myself, I am not in the hood anymore. It's massive what one kernel of wheat could do once it's planted and buried and germinates into lives upon lives. This is the illustration that Jesus was given. My life was going to produce massive amount of new lives. And if you experience new life in Jesus, you ought to give him some praise this morning. You have to understand, this is a universal phenomenon. There's nothing that hasn't been impacted by Jesus' death and resurrection. Just like wheat, you can't escape it. It's everywhere. Every time you taste something good in life, you're tasting Jesus. Every time you, 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 you have a feeling of a desire to say thank you to somebody is because you feel like there's something outside of you that keeps generating life, that keeps giving you life. Every positive vibe is you looking for Jesus. It's death and resurrection all around. Listen, this reality is all around you. It's as if God has been saying to us all along, hey, pay attention, there's death and resurrection happening every single day. And you may not even be aware of it. Listen, it's in our ecosystem. It's in our biology. It's in our geology. It's in our anatomy. Did you know this? That right now there are cells who have died in your body and new cells have risen. And you wonder why you're always tired. Your, your, Your body's trying to replenish you. There's always new life happening all around you. I love the way that, that Richard Rohr says this in his, in his book, Universal Christ, powerful book. But he says this about death and resurrection. What's this? I'm going to read this quote to you. He says, 98% of our body's atoms are replaced every year. 98%. Like, you last year, gone. Okay? You don't even need a New Year's resolution. You already knew. Okay? Geologists with good evidence over millennia can prove that no landscape is permanent. Even landscapes are changing. Water, fog, steam, and ice are all the same thing, but at different stages and temperatures. Resurrection is another word for change, but 
particularly positive change which we tend to see only in the long run. In the short run, it often just looks like death. My God, that will preach, my friends. In other words, we are dying to live. We are dying to live, my friends. If you, that's why he goes on to say, look, if you want to keep your life, you're going to lose it. And if you lose it, you might keep it. And that's a paradox, isn't it? Isn't one of those things you're like, uh, what? <laughs> if I keep it, I lose it. If I lose it, I keep it. Well, that's another illustration of farming. You have to understand this, right? I did a lot of reading on seeds this week because that's what I do. I'm a nerd. You have to understand this, my friends. Geobiologists say that every single seed, this is a, it's a packet of seeds, every single seed is a living organism. And it could stay in this packet for years and it still be living. But they say, here's the catch. A seed in a bag is a living organism, but it's living in hibernation. And it's, they say this, a seed will not reach its full potential unless it is planted and buried so it can actually produce life and life more abundant. Are you catching what Jesus was trying to say? Understand this. That's why Jesus said, hey, if you keep it, you lost it. But if you implant it, then you're going to get life and life more abundant. My friends. Life on your own is hibernation. Life with Jesus is death and resurrection. That's why something must die in order for something to live. They say the seed has to go into the ground to reach its full potential. Like a seed in a bag is just hibernating. But a seed on the ground is about to produce life. You see, life in your hands is just hibernation. But life in Jesus' hands, he said, is life and life more abundant when you actually give it to me to reproduce. Even a bag of seed will preach to you. If you're paying attention, my friends, crucifixion was the sowing. Crucifixion was him saying, I'm taking your sins upon me, and I'm going to bury them with me. Because your sins on you will hibernate you, but your sins on me will produce life and life more abundant. This is a great mystery. That's why he was saying, listen... How can one man save the world? How can one kernel of wheat produce fields of harvest? Saying in that moment, my friends, when he went to the grave, he brought you with him. He said something big is happening through me. It's not just about one man. It's about all of us. In that moment on the crucifix, he was saying to the world, look, this is how you overcome. You don't overcome evil with evil. He told his disciples, put away the sword. I'm about to do something way more powerful than violence. I'm going to take the violence of the world on me that you may have life. And he took it and he buried. Now think about that. He buried every wrongdoing. He buried every rebellion spirit. He buried every addiction. He buried every lie. 
He died. He buried every deceit. He said, I'm taking it to the ground because I'm about to produce something new and different and powerful and majestic. But he says this, it's got to be buried in order for new life to spring up. Three days later, he rose again in our little tomb illustration here. My friends, the empty tomb says there's hope. The empty tomb says there's possibilities for new beginnings. The empty tomb says that if something dies, something could come to life. The empty tomb says there's hope beyond hope. The empty tomb says there's peace in the middle of chaos. The empty tomb says you can go from being an addict to being set free. The empty tomb says if you bury your lust, you might find love. The empty tomb says if you bury your religion, you might find relationship. The empty tomb says if you bury your indifference, you might find the reason to live. The empty tomb says, even if you feel like everyone forsaking you, he said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you because there is hope. But you can't have both at the same time. Something must die in order for something to live. That's why I love the different testimonies. And we gave you newspapers. We, we throw it back to old school to say, listen, these are all true stories of death and resurrection happening all around you, if you're paying attention, it's happening as we speak, my friends. His resurrection was the harvest. They knew we sow, we wait, and we reap. He knew I will die buried and be resurrected. And it's the same thing he's saying, I, I, want, I want that to happen through you. Because if it only happens to one man... That's not a harvest. A harvest is when it spreads, like it's spreading right now. There are meetings of Jesus happening all over the world as we speak. That blows my mind. How much can that, like 2,000 years later, it's still producing life. It's still giving life. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You don't wake up in the morning and go, ah, I'm not sure if we have enough wheat. But you open your, 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 little, your little department there of cereal, you see wheat all around you. And you go have a muffin, there's wheat all around you. And then you go to work and, and you, have, you, you, know, you have your pastries, there's wheat all around you. It's like he's saying, listen, you can never have enough of me. I'm going to always be around. If you just pay attention, there's life happening every single day of your life. All you have to do is pay attention and, and you're never going to see wheat the same way. I pray every time you eat something, you're like, oh, Jesus is right here. Can't escape him, my friends. He's everywhere. Listen, it's a universal harvest of new life. Death replaced by life. Misery replaced by hope. Fear replaced by love. Law replaced by grace. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you're like me, I gotta, you know, I, when, I, when I read scriptures, I got to ask the question, but practically, God, what does this look like? What does it look like to live this resurrected life? I'm glad you asked. There's a man by the name of Paul who hated this concept of death and resurrection because he didn't fit 
into the religious mold that he grew up in. The hardest seed to die to is the seed of religion. Because religion says, I can do this without having to go through this process. Religion says, God helps those who help themselves. Religion says, I pull myself up by the bootstraps. I got myself here. As long as we're doing that, that's, 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 that's this life right here. It's hibernation. It's me holding the cards. And God is not holding anything. That's religion, my friends. The scariest seed is religion. You know, you could be religious and miss Jesus. Did you know you can go to church for the rest of your life and not experience death and resurrection? Did you know you can be baptized and not know the reason why you got baptized? Did you know you can go to CCD for the rest of your life and never know why you went to CCD in the first place? Right? So, so religion takes upon itself to fix people. I am going to fix this thing, he says. Who do they think they are? Where's the pastor's suit? Why does he have holes in his jeans? Maybe I'm holier than you. I don't know. That's religion, my friends. It's about control. It's about fear. It's not about freedom. The only thing I wish I had was the rope. I've made this clear very times. Because with the robe, I wouldn't worry about what to wear. You would have no idea it was under. And I got, press, I got priests who are friends of mine, but they won't give me a robe. So my friends, this man says, I need to get rid of this cult. These people think this man went to the grave and rose again. And he was on a mission to destroy this thing called Christianity from the beginning. Go read your Bibles. Until the reason God showed up and said to him, Paul, why do you persecute me? That's powerful. He didn't say, why do you persecute those people? He says, me. You know why? Jesus identifies himself with his people. Jesus will always identify himself with his people. And let me tell you something. People who don't understand death and resurrection will always have a label. So this man, Paul, has the veils removed because when it happens, there's no religion. It's all relationship. And he became the greatest missionary that ever lived. He wrote 80% of the New Testament Bible that we have. And he gave us a clue of how do you live this resurrected life. In a book that called Galatians, he wrote it to a city called in Galatia. And he said, this is how you do it. This is, this is the key. Watch this. He said, look, my old self... My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I will live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how you live a resurrected life. He said this is a daily thing. He said every day I have to die to that old religion. Because you know he tries to creep back in. That's why I love these rap battles we're doing, me versus me. Because you know, if you're honest, you know that old you tries to come back in. But you have to keep saying, no, no, that was the old. I have been crucified. I'm buried. I'm buried 
The old is buried, the lust is buried, the addiction is buried, the depression is buried, the suicide is buried. Listen, my old ways are buried, my old thoughts are buried, my old we are buried. I have new life in Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have been crucified with the Lord Jesus. It's no longer I will live, but Christ in his death and resurrection has now given me new life. Anybody have new life? In Jesus. My friends, we're all dying to live. You're dying to live. It's the cry of your heart. It's to actually live and not just hibernate. Listen, we died when Jesus died. We rose when Jesus rose. That is Christianity in a nutshell. Why would anyone in their right mind want to stay in hibernation? It's beyond me. But some people would rather hold on to their lives than to actually broke it and pour it so they can have new life. Religion will say, I'm a good person. Based on what? Based on your own interpretation of goodness. Religion always tries to find someone that's doing worse than you so you can feel better about yourself. Religion comes with a spirit of superiority. But this levels the playing field, my friends. This says, no, it's for everybody. Black, white, Hispanic, New Bedford, Fairhaven, Westport. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you've done. You can be crucified and have new life in Jesus. So today, my friends, you know what today is? Oh, it's a good day to die. I was an old school preacher. We used to always start his message that way. Today is a good day to die. What he was saying is like, die to that old stuff so you can actually live. Don't just hibernate, my friends. You know, I want to invite you to your own funeral today. I want you to be able to say with confidence, like some of these people have said, and if you read the paper, they're all true stories. I was an addict, but now I have life. I was in misery, but now I'm happy. Man, I was broken, but now I'm healed. I was suicidal, now I can't stop laughing and thinking about life. That's it's the invitation to your own funeral. You could die now so you don't die later. Oh, man, it's so good. You know, if you're paying attention, resurrection is all around you, even in the seeds. You know, it's amazing to me when you have eyes to see. To plant these, it gives you four practical ways to do it. Just simple. Here's what it takes to plant some seeds. Look. Choose a location that gets sun most of the day. Till the soil and remove any weeds. Sprinkle the seeds and cover with soil, not too much. <laughs> Keep the soil moist by watering every two to three days until the seed begins to come up. Are you tracking? Let me translate this for you, because I don't think you're tracking. He said, 
He said, choose a location that gets sun most of the day. Choose a location that gets sun, not S-U-N, S-O-N, most of the day. Till the soil remove any weeds. He's like, no, I got that one for you. I got the weeds out of the way for you already. Sprinkle the seeds and cover it with soya, but not too much. <laughs> because, because the religious would be like, ah, ah. <laughs> Listen. What do you think? Makes a man say to another man, you're a false prophet. Ah! <laughs> Religion doesn't build, it destroys. It's got to be grace. Not too much. He said gracefully. Sprinkle your seeds. And then the last one, look. Keep the soil moist by watering every two to three days. There's a story that goes this way. He was buried, but on the third day... <laughs> There is a third day for those who are buried and can be resurrected. Oh, I feel a prophetic word coming. That, that marriage, we just need to bury it so the Lord can resurrect it. Oh, I feel it. That kid you worried about, buried him in the prayer so there will be a resurrected power coming. Oh, that relationship you want? He said, bury it with me and watch me spring up a new relationship with you today. That religion is dead. Let it go. It's no longer you. It's about him and what he's done for you. Is anybody ready to die this morning? Some of y'all are still like, yeah, but I kind of, I kind of like... I kind of like my little life. I kind of like being hibernated. I kind of like this. I, I, don't wanna, I, can't, I don't know what else to tell you. If you like it as it is, you're going to lose it. But if you let it go, you're going to win it. I read a lot about seeds today. All week I was reading about seeds because I'm a nerd. And I came across this amazing blog about seeds and, and all types of seeds all over the world and, and how they can be alive for so long and be in hibernation and then all of a sudden come to life if you bury it. And then she said this, she concluded this blog with the greatest gospel message and she's only a geobiologist. She said this as I end, look at this. She said this, each beginning is the end of a waiting. We are each given exactly one chance to be. Each of us is both impossible and inevitable. Wow! Every replete tree or person was first a seed that waited. Uh That will preach. So I'm going to ask you again. Who is ready to die this morning? If you're ready, throw both hands up and say, that's me. I'm ready. Come on, we're going to plant it right now. We're going to bury it right now. Come on. Come on, open your mouth and say, God, I'm ready. I, I want to die to my old self. And I want to be resurrected. 
as my new self. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I believe he rose again for me to have new life. So from this day forward, my life is seized in your hands. Have your way. I lose it that I may gain it. And I believe by faith that today is the day of my salvation. And I pray in Jesus' name. And if you believe what you just prayed, give God some praise. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.